Hi, this is Javon Hunter. Hi, this is Chris Gaunt. Hi, this is Cliff Pike from Hibs TV. Hi, this is Tom McManus. And you're listening. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. The Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Listening to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. To Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Go on, the lads. What a moment this is. It's Liam Henderson to deliver. Strong opinion. I love the strong opinion. Welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast and um, do not adjust your set. I am actually on the podcast. Um, it's been a wee while and it's good to be hosting. So as always, I am Jack and as always, I'm joined by Charlie. No Calvin tonight, but I'm joined by Charlie. So how are you, Charlie? Good, mate. I always, like I say, mate, you know the rules. If Hibs are good, I'm good. So, And uh, Hibs were very good this weekend. So yeah, I'm, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Obviously, it's been a while since I've jumped on, sort of work getting in the way and everything like that and other things, but um, it's good to be back. Um, it feels good to be recording again, and we've got a good episode in store for you tonight, so um, hopefully enjoy it. So we'll start with um, Hibs men and a big win in the race for Europe um, through in Paisley. St Mirren, Charlie, um, you were there right in the middle of all the action. So first of all, you're on the supporters bus um, through to Paisley. What were your thoughts heading into the game, mate? Uh, originally, mate, I thought it was going to be a draw. Um, Samarin are obviously in good form. Um, great home form. Uh, they'd only lost once at home start of the season to Motherwell going into Saturday. So I, and I, I couldn't see us getting beat either. Um, but I thought thought it would be a draw. But um, obviously we'll get into the game. But I, I, I was I was confident going into it. Like I wasn't I wasn't expecting us to leave without a point at least so aye, I was feeling good going into it mate yeah, I've got to say I was sort of uh, mixed emotions because obviously there was um, the draw against Ross County and I sort of thought you know that was a big chance and we may be you know a bit sort of feeling a bit degraded from that game so I don't know are we going to you know be funny against someone obviously someone have that phenomenal home form heading into that game as well and to me I was a bit worried what's going to happen but you know, as it turned out, we, we got our just desserts, we got a reward out of that game. Um obviously very impressed, but I thought it was gonna be a draw. I, I thought it was gonna be one one um nil nil. I thought it was gonna be one of those cagey games. So anyway, Charlie, next thing is obviously lineup. Um what was your sort of reaction to the lineup when it came out? Um when you saw that team sheet? Um I was pretty pleased with it, to be honest, mate. I think um Cadden has failed to deliver the past couple of weeks, so it was good to see uh, you can really get a start. Um, obviously Nisbet out injured, so McCurdy was probably the natural one to fit in there. Um, other than that, I think it was pretty, pretty as expected. Eh? There's no real, mm, there like, wasn't any real surprise. Wasn't wasn't expecting Hoppy to start. Um, wasn't expecting Joshua Connor to start either. So, I think when you look at it on paper, it's probably the the best team Johnson could have went with going into. It. Um. Obviously, I had to change it very early on with McCurdy going off, but uh, I, I was when I seen it, I was pleased, um, and I think it's probably the team that will probably play on um, a week on Saturday against Kelly potentially with Nisbet replacing um, McCurdy, who's who is out for a wee while, I would imagine, with that injury. But I, I was happy with me. 
didn't look good in McCurdy in the dressing room. You seen the no. video of Louis getting presented with four hundred and fifty top, didn't look good at all. But for no. me, yeah, lineup was pretty much as expected. I think Cadden, as much as it pains me to say, he did deserve to be dropped. Um, I don't think his performance has been anywhere near as good as he was last season. He's been the weak link a lot of the times this season as well. So I think yeah, it was good to see, um, obviously, EJ get the start, um, get the chance. Um, I think he's a, he's a decent player. He's obviously done a lot down south already at yes. such a young age. And to see him come up, um, it's good to see him getting the chances. And obviously, a player like that, you've got to give him the minutes and you've got to get the experience in him. Absolutely. You've got to come good. You've got to give those boys, sorts of boys a chance because to get a chance to prove themselves, they will take that chance. Um, but apart from me, yeah, no real surprise. I think that's the sort of backbone um, of what's our strongest 11. Of course, uh, the big news, Lee Stevenson, phenomenal achievement. We've got to talk about it. Now record league appearances for Hibs, 450, beating Arthur Duncan. Um, I think there's there's not a man that deserves it more in that team. Uh, I think Louis phenomenal, Mr Hibs. And I think his performances recently have proved why even at such an old age for a player, he's still getting started. There's managers still putting faith in him. He's seen out a lot of managers in his time at Easter Road and every seen, single one goes into his face. He's seen out an, a, an awful lot of left-backs at Easter Road as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I so think I, he's a phenomenal player. It's it's a huge achievement. I think he deserved it as well. A lot of people would say, oh, we were just starting him because it, it was an excuse to get the games up. Nah, he deserves it. He's he's a great player um, and refuses to age as well and a really humble guy to boot. So it was, a, it was phenomenal. Really proud of Louis for that one. Oh, definitely. And he played with his skin as well, from what I heard. Um, I um, I think Saturday. you can definitely see that age is catching up with him. He's not as quick as he once was, but listen, mate, you, you're not going to see that repeated um, again. You know, a person winning both cups with Hibs first, you know, Hanlon will probably beat that record because Hanlon's only, I think, 20-odd off him. But, mm. And even then, for it to be broken that quickly afterwards, that shows the longevity of Hanlon. And, you know, I've been pretty vocal in my dislike of Paul Hanlon, but I think over the past, since probably the Aberdeen game, he's played, him and Will Fisher have been quality. So, you know, I think if Hanlon can keep that form up, then obviously he'll break that record. And, and you know, it's good to see that people are breaking that record because it's, it's few and far between at clubs nowadays that people are there long enough to break that record. So, I. In terms of Louis, mate, I was very, very pleased for him getting that. And, you know, it just shows you that, that he is a, a real one-club man. You know, you don't get that very often. Um, so it was great to see him get that start again. No, absolutely. I think it, it's something very rare in the modern game that players have that amount of loyalty for a club. And he's he's an amazing, amazing guy. And, you know, you look how long Arthur Duncan kept the record. And like you said, now Paul's breathing down the neck of Louis. Um, already to break it so uh, it is phenomenal for both of them I think the two of them are great servants to the club and we're, we're very lucky to have them both so moving on to the game a bit now um, Charlie sort of sum up the first half for us what were your thoughts on the first half? Um, I think the first half was pretty pretty flat to be honest mate. I think we we probably controlled the game better um, I don't think or don't recall anybody sitting around having that many chances um, I think we had a couple but I obviously, I think actually the game changed when McCurdy went off. I think McCurdy was was very direct in the 10, 15 minutes he was on the park. Um, and then I think once once it, um, once Hoppy came on, I think obviously his debut for Hibs, and it's going to be hard for him to break into that team, I think. But 
um, you know, I think the game changed when he when he came on, not for the better. Um, I'm not saying Hoppy played bad. Um, I just think first half we were on top the first 15 minutes and then it all sort of fell flat. But really, I think the only chance I can actually remember sitting around having was um, I think Marshall or someone played a slack pass and Curtis Main had, had the goal to his leisure and ballooned it over the bar. So, you know, after that, I was like, well, when halftime came, I was probably pleased that it was good because sitting around were starting to grow into the game a little bit. But aye, first half was good, mate. I think I think Hibs played well. Um, I think obviously the wind and the rain doesn't help any team, but you could definitely tell it was going to be one of those games at halftime that probably one goal is going to win it um, and we'll come on to the goal in a wee bit. But aye, first half I thought, thought it was a pretty evenly matched game, but I think we probably were the better of the two. Yeah, I think that's the sort of impression I got as well. Obviously, um, I wasn't there, and I, but I was keeping an eye on the game. And I think when it was nil nil half time, it, I sort of went, it's, "It's got the potential to go either way." Now, um, you knew it was going to be a tight game going into it, and um, I worried a bit for us. I thought if we fall away from the pace a bit, obviously losing McCurdy the way we did, that takes a bit of you sting out your tail. Yeah. Which I think's rotten because I think we miss we're going to miss Harry's directness. You know, Harry's really grown into his game, and you could see where Harry has got his strength. Um, which I think he's been needing. He's been needing that wee confidence boost. Yeah, I think the, the I think for help for say Harry's detriment. I think the only thing he's lacking is a goal. Um, and obviously being out, if it's the Achilles, you're probably out for I don't know a couple of months at least. So maybe knock him back a few steps. But you know, I think there is a player there, and I think there's not a lot of Hibs fans that agree with me on that. But I think. You know, I think if he can get one, it might be a wee bit like you, Anne, where he'll just keep scoring, hopefully. But ah, it was it was definitely gotten to lose him the way we did. Yeah, I, I think with McCurdy, I think it's one of those ones. I think he's a bit like Dodge. You know, he's been getting pelters from the fans. He's sort of come up here with a bit of potential, and he's not quite lived up to it. But I think if we give Harry his chances, and when he's back from that injury, he just needs a goal, and he'll be flying. I'm convinced of it. Um, so we'll move on to the second half and obviously um, magic moment comes courtesy of Eli Yuan, who's hit quite the purple patch now um, I, I watched it on the um, highlights I think brilliant goal you know and I, I think that's something that Yuan's been missing from his game it's that directness he's forced to take the centre halves on yep. um, the, the, the position he's in he's forced to take him on he doesn't do his fancy flicks and step overs he just looks up direct bang and I think that's what he's been needing to do the minute he cuts the fancy tricks you can see the play areas and he's been needing to do that for a wee while I think it's very frustrating sometimes he'll get to the edge of the box and instead of trying to take players on he'll just start um, doing all the FIFA skill moves but I think honestly his directness there was excellent brilliant um, solo bit of play from him an excellent well taken goal yeah. Um and um, like I said, it's really good. I, I, I've been saying it for a wee while. I've actually defended Joanne. So as soon as he gets his confidence up, we're going to see the player there. And he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal um, since he's hit that wee purple patch. And another goal um, on his uh, card as well. I think that's going to really do wonders for him. It's a big run of games coming up for us. I think he's going to be a crucial player coming into those games. Yeah, um, definitely. Very well taken goal, like I said. It was, it was really good to watch. I I think um <clears throat> I think bef- I think it was maybe after the World Cup break or just before the Rangers game. I think it, <clears throat> he'd said in an interview that 
Uh, I'm going to show Hibs fans the real me. Mm-hmm. I was a bit confused by that because I was really hoping that we would have seen that long before now. But I think he's hitting form at the right time of the season. Because, um, you know, we had McCullough scoring goals. We had Nesbitt scoring goals. And obviously Nesbitt hopefully is back for the Kelly game. But, um, you know, to score... Um, three and three, it's, it's a great return. Um, and I think on the goal, you know, it's not often that uh, Ewan Henderson gets praised, but I think he, when he came on, he must like playing at Simmering Park because he had a class game there last season and he he, he changed the game in our, our favour on Saturday. He really did. Him and Cadden, when they came on, they were both very good. Um, and I think, yeah, Ewan still had a lot to do when he got that pass. Um, you know, he still had to go past the defender. And, you know, the way he finished to me, it, was, it looked like a toe poke. Like, he, the way he struck it, it looked like he'd hit it with his toe. But to be fair, mate, it's a fantastic finish, isn't it? Um, wow. You know, you're, you're that's what you want to see for your winger slash striker, you know, cutting inside. And reminds me a lot of Riordan, you know, where he'd cut inside and just unleash a shot and it would nine times out of ten hit the net. So I'm hoping that this is what, we're in store for the second half of the season because, like you said at the start of the review of the game, the, the race for Europe is hotting up. You know, mm. and I think if we can continue this vein of form, obviously if we'd won on Tuesday at Dingwall, we would have been clear in fourth. Um, but, you know, we're only something like two two or three points behind Livingston now, um, which, realistically, we should never be chasing Livingston. But um, but the, the signs are there, mate, that there's, there's promise. Um... And I think, you know, we need to give Johnson time. You know, there we're five unbeaten in the league now. Obviously, we had that earlier in the season where it was that four wins and we went on that calamitous run. But, you know, if we can go into the Rangers game seven unbeaten in the league, you know, if we can avoid defeat against Kelly and, and Livingston away, then there's no reason why we can't step up when Rangers come and be like, well, we've nothing to fear. So I think, you know, and if Yuan's providing the goals, great. Um, and I just think you know he's. I think he is turning into the player that we 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 desperately needed. Um, and like I say, mate, you know we've got a we've got an we've got an option to buy him in the summer. We should one hundred percent be taking that at this rate. Hmm. I'll definitely be all over it. I think I think that's it. You know, I picked up on something yesterday. He's come good at the right time of the season. He really has. This this is when you need your striker to be scoring goals because yep. it's getting tight now. Things are getting very very tight. Things are getting interesting. So we need Daly on top form, and he's he's coming good for us, which is phenomenal to see. Because I always knew he was going to do it. I had that feeling. Um, I had that feeling about him, and um, I'm I'm very seldom right with that gut feeling about players. There's been a few players in the past I've said oh, they're going to come good, and they never did. Yeah. Um, and I felt quite let down, but Ellie's um, proving me right, which is great. Um, over the moon for him. Um, so at the end of the day, he's a young lad as well. Uh, he's only things up. Twenty-three or something. So I yeah. think that, that confidence breeds confidence as well. I think if he's exactly if he's confident, there's no reason why the rest of the team shouldn't be confident. It's spot on, especially since it's a very hard league to adapt to Scotland, especially when he's played before. Um, so obviously one sort of more point from the St. Mirren game before we sort of wrap up on that. What I bring up is uh, Will Fish and Paul Hanlon. It's the centre back pairing of nightmares from Tynecastle. Obviously, <laughs> the two that when we put the two of them together, um, we thought never again. Yeah. But um, I think the two of them have been solid recently, and we've seen that again on Saturday. Uh, big plaudits for Will Fish and Paul Hanlon. Yeah. What I've got to say on it before I jump over to you, Charlie, is I think it's really good to see. I think Will Fish 
it was very easy to just cast him aside as, oh, there's another, Lo- there's another Nathan Wood um, where we brought him up on loan from England and he's been all fat and no jobby. You know, he's come up with all that potential and he's just completely um, shot it up in Scottish football and he's not lived up to that hype. But I tell you what, he's used that from Tynecastle. He's owned it and he's really come good. I thought he was brilliant against Aberdeen. He's looked really good against St Mirren. If he can continue that, I think with Rocky out, for the foreseeable, he's going to become a crucial part of that back, that back line, um, which is good to see. And then obviously Paul, um, I, I think Paul's been solid. I couldn't fault him in that. In this wee run we've been on, I can't fault Paul at all. He's um, been he's back to his old dependable self. It's a very reminiscent of the season we came third for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, he's, he's been sort of solid, dependable, no obviously setting the world alight, but doing what you'd expect your centre-half to do. So I'm really happy that the two of them because I think Will Fish got absolutely slaughtered at a tiny end. Deservedly so. Right, rightfully so. Rightfully yeah, so. I think now it's he's very easy. Like I said, Nathan Wood got slaughtered after the Dundee United game. Eight, yeah. right, so lost his place in the team. But I think Will's obviously been working on the training ground to prove to Lee that he deserves to be in there because Lee could have easily um, been given Macint- Oscar McIntyre a chance over uh, Will Fish in that um, back line. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, he could have been given one of the youth lads a chance instead with the injuries. Um, or he could have been making a makeshift defence. He could have shifted um, another player back in. He could have even shifted Jago. He could have slotted him in there. So, yeah. Wilfish has proved himself, um, which is good to see. So, it's good to see those two um, with a solid display. So, um, what were your thoughts on the fish handling duo at the back? I think the, the most refreshing thing about the two of them is that they actually just want to defend. Mm. Like, so often we'd see Porteous, Rocky just try to run up the park with a ball, but when Hanlon and Fish get their first instinct, and Hanlon's been like this forever, but I think it's been highlighted to me more now I've seen Will Fish beside him, is that they both just want to defend. And <clears throat> Will Fish is, is um, he's grown on me every game. I think um, the Tynecastle one, stupid to start him there. Like you should, Johnson should never have started him at Tynecastle. <laughs> Or, if you're going to start him, play him at centre-back. Then he play him out of position. position yeah. I think that's what Johnson's getting right with a lot of these players now, is he's playing them in the right position and they're coming good. Um, bye. The two of them, mate, they just want to defend. They win, I would say, the vast majority of balls that are coming towards them. And um, I'm confident with the two of them. I tweeted when Portress left and Rocky got injured that I didn't want to watch a partnership of Harlan and Fish all season. And... Um, I'd like to go on record and say I would love to watch a partnership with Hanlon and Will Fish all season now. Um, and I think that's probably what Hanlon's needed is someone that's younger that he can mould, I think, like bring through, develop, nurture beside him. Because um, obviously he's had that with Porteous and Porteous has left. You know, he had that with Rocky. Rocky's injured. So it's nice to see him with that, with another younger player that, you know, if, if he can bring him through and I we get him on loan again next season or he goes back to Man U and gets a big move because he's played well for Hibs, then ideal. But I, the two of them two of them are great, mate. I think they're definitely definitely the starting two at the back, I would say. You know, it's hard to see where CJ fits into that. Maybe he's more of the right back option. But I think, you know, having the three centre backs until Rocky's fit, it's, it's good. You know, I'm not worried. I'm not worried with those three as your options. Yeah, but I think that is it's um, a good place to be in. Also, another player that's maybe been getting some uh, unfair criticism 
as well that I want to bring up, who I think's actually changed us for the better since he's come in, Jimmy Jago. Um, I think a lot of people have been giving him stick and I don't understand why. Um, I, I think he does a job that we've been needing. We've been needing a proper hard man in midfield for a long time that doesn't do anything special. You know, he's just your big, mean defensive midfielder who breaks up the play and protects a back line. And I think Jago's been doing that. We've been needing him since Bartley left, I'd say. He's sort of like a Bartley, a Milligan sort of figure. That they're, they're not a skillful footballer. They're not nice to watch sometimes, but they just get in there, get battered in and do a job. And I think Jimmy Jago does that. I've got to say, we've looked a lot more solid with him in the team. Absolutely. Really, take the Hearts game out of it. Take that out of it, I think. Um, he's been great since then and he's providing that bit extra something in midfield that we needed because I think we spoke about it on the podcast before. I know it's one of Calvin's uh, pet subjects. is also a bit boy band in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, we've not been strong in midfield at all. Um, almost like a donut um, that teams are just running through us. Teams are not running through us now that we've got a uh, big Jago in midfield. I think he's he's a good player. I like him and that's my sort of old fashioned defensive midfielder. I, I just like that. I like him I like a hard man in midfield. I I think um Jago's some player. I think um he's definitely that midfielder that probably will go under the radar a lot, which is what I like. Um I don't like a midfielder that's flashy and I I don't I, that's not my type of midfielder. Um, I like a boy that's going to break up the play, get the ball forward, and it's, and that's all he does. You know, I'm, I want a functional midfielder that gets the ball, passes it forward, gets the ball, passes it to the side, gets the ball, and if he needs to, he'll go backwards. But he's mean. The thing that I like most about Jago is the first, the first thing he look, at, he's looking at when he gets the ball is who's in front of me. He's not a, a midfielder like. Campbell of last season where his first option would be right I'm going to go backwards you know I think Jago is Jago is definitely what we're what we've been missing um, and I can't speak highly of him you know highly enough of him um, of he is he is top quality and if that's the type of player that we needed to push us to get fourth this season then I'm glad we've got it yeah 100% I've got to agree with all that I really do like him as a footballer um, and like you said you don't want a midfield that's all flashy I, mean, I just want someone who gets in there and does a job. As simple as that. Um, so that's us for the St Mirren game. A huge three points as we continue to um, turn what had the potential to be a horror show of a season around. Um, and hopefully there'll be European football of some description at Easter Road next season. Uh, whether that's the Conference League, Diddy League, whatever, uh, Eurovision, Inter-Total Cup, we'll see. But... Uh, there might be there might be European football or some description at Easter Road. Um, yeah, the, the passport season. the passport might be getting dusted. There you go. So we'll now move on to the other Hibs win of the weekend, and that was of course a fantastic win for Hibs women at Meadowbank as we beat bottom of the league Glasgow seven 0 So you know going into this game, it's what we were terming as our goal difference game. Um, after a really confident win against Partick Thistle. Going into a home game against bottom of the league, Glasgow, who have um, yet to win a game this season, we were confident and we knew um, it was a game we needed to use to boost that goal difference and uh, gain a bit of ground on hearts. So, Charlie, we'll, we'll just jump right into the starting 11. Obviously, a bit of a second string, which is what we're expecting. Um, obviously, with a trip to Broadwood to play Rangers on Thursday night, 
we knew that we'd need to rest some players. So what were your thoughts on the starting lineup when it came out? I thought it was good, mate. Um, obviously, the biggest the biggest one was seeing Rachel Boyle back on the bench. Um, we'll come on to her performance later on, but um, no, I, I, seeing Kashinska start, it's good. Like, there's no there's no reason for Benny to play in that game, um, especially with a, a, a tough game on Thursday. You know, there's no two ways about it. It'll be a tough game, um, and I think um, seeing Shannon Leishman start was good. Uh, Seeing Rosie get a start, fantastic. She needed that. Uh, Brooke Nunn started, great. You know, Kay Lockwood getting another start, great. Nor continuing to be in the first, the start 11 as well, it's good. You know, I, I want to see more of that. Um, you know, you want <clears throat> the players that have they had much game time this season to get game time, and no disrespect to Glasgow women, but that's the perfect game to do it. You know, mm. I, I, bottom of the league, having they won a game, as Dean said in his post-match interview, we expected to win that game. Um, so my only potential gripe would have been I would have liked to have seen maybe Leah Tweedy start, but she obviously came off the bench, and we'll again come on to that later. But yeah, I think it was good, mate. Um, I wasn't unhappy with that at all. I, you know, It would be disappointing if anyone's unhappy with that starting 11 yesterday. No, I think it, it shows you how much we've sort of come on from last season, where last season we... We hardly had a bench, and yeah, then we can actually awesome. afford to put out a second team. Yeah. yeah, I thought Danny for me, Danny's the big one for me in there. Um, she's been a really good backup, and like I said, considering she was an emergency signing after uh, Tebbit got injured and uh, we had a Marriott went off to America, I think it's great to see Danny getting those chances and proving herself. That's her played three and kept three clean sheets now, so um, a very good backup option. and as much as she didn't have much to do, it's great to see her get the minutes, it's great to see her get the chances and um, a bit of consistency in her career because obviously she's been a bit of a um, a bit of a lost soul. Yeah. She's bouncing around the lower lower um, leagues of English football before she came up um, and I think it's good for her to have a bit of consistency and um, yeah, she's she's a really solid backup option. I'm happy to see Rosie, it was great to see Rosie. I mean, oh. the thing about Rosie is every time she plays, she's like Ailey, she keeps getting better and better and better and um, it's an ideal game to play, Rosie, and that's the sort of game you want to put young, hungry players out and then give them a chance to really show what they're about, strut their stuff. So I was really happy with line up, of course, uh, Smalley on the bench. It, it's great to see her back um, after so long, and it shows you what a strong person she is. You know, that's not easy on anyone in any sort of walk of life to be having two kids through a C-section. Um, and to come back with that, um, being a full-time mum as well, um, and to come back and play a professional football match, Got to say hats off to her because I don't oh, think yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take just any you know it's a special person it takes to do that so really over the moon um for Rachel and it was great to see her back and of course that I would agree with you I think I would have actually given Leah the shout um I think it's, ever since Leah's been recalled from Queens Park she's another option to have and we've got to give her the minutes because I think we're beginning to see the player she once was I think that spell at Hearts did her any good because she came into that Hearts team when they were in a big transition phase so I think it's good to have Leah back. And that obviously that spell at Queen's Park's done the world of good as well. Um, so I would have actually given Leah a shout, but really happy with Rosie because um, Katie and Brooke have both been really good, Katie especially. Oh, um, yeah. So obviously, first half, we make a positive start. Rosie puts us 1-0 up very quickly. Um, great great to see Rosie score. And like I said, it was a, it was a good goal, very well taken um, as well. Then we basically pepper Glasgow, but to Glasgow's credit, 
their keeper, their keeper, first half especially was absolutely unbelievable. She was a phenomenal. She was absolutely phenomenal, mate. I mean, I think I've never seen a keeper from that sort of team. Usually, the keepers weak, weak link in those sorts of teams. Oh, big time! She was phenomenal. I mean, if it wasn't for her, it could have been six at the break. Oh, the easily, had, easily. I mean, I was really sorry. I felt really sorry for Brooke. You know, Brooke could have had a hat trick. Oh. <laughs> In that game, you know, I think there was the post saves. You know, it was it was honestly so unlucky for Brooke, but full credit to the Glasgow keeper. She was fantastic. Um, but I think you see the difference in level. And I, I was saying this, you know, we were talking about it after the game with Dave as well, Dave Armstrong, that um, Glasgow are a team that are a sort of symptom of yeah. what's wrong with the women's game in Scotland. How far the women's game in Scotland still to go that there's that much of a gap between a mid-table team like ourselves, because we're sort of mid to upper half the table, yeah. and them. And I, th- I think it, it, it's a shame on them, but fair play. I mean, I, I think they were quite solid. And I, in- like barrage, I think if we'd been more clinical on the day, uh, we could have easily put double figures past them with the way it was. But, I, you know, I've got to say their defence was solid. Um, the, the, biggest, the biggest telling point for me is, Yesterday, and I only found that this out last night was one of their players was fifteen. Yeah, yeah, and, like that, and I think it's hard. It's hard for me to be negative about women's football, mate, because I do. I really enjoy it. But I think that that really says it all for me is that like why why is there a team in the in the top flight that's having to rely on fifteen year olds? Like, I would love to see every team be professional. You know, I really would because that would show you how far the game's come. But I think. Glasgow women are probably a, a symptom of almost a failing in the league as well because like they went up, like two teams came up and obviously Dundee United have done really have done well this season but it's a shame for Glasgow women because they're going to go down you know having probably over a minus hundred goal difference and that's gonna that's mm-hmm. gonna get bad press and you know I, re- I really do I feel bad for them because you know they're in the, they're in the league for a reason you know they they got promoted well. but. It's just it's just a shame for them that like they're they're playing every week like like you say mate at half time it could have easily been seven eight no hubs and then you're like I didn't want to see obviously it's great to get the seven goals but I did, I didn't want to see Hibs winning eight nine no in a league game I'd rather you know at East Fife next next Sunday like if we win twelve no like brilliant like that's a team below us in the division but in the same division as us like. It's not good. It's, it's no, not good. And listen, Glasgow women, they done well, mate. They they could they kept us they kept us at bay in that first half. And then I think the floodgates really opened in the second half, which we'll come on to. But um I I thought their keeper was top class. Um she really was. She was very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that's uh, and it's something that I've been saying a lot of recently. And I think what we'll see next season is when a SPFL club, it looks like it'll potentially be Montrose that are going to win the league. They're an SPFL club. They'll probably fade a bit better um, I, next season, I think, because they're affiliated to an SPFL club. I think that's the big difference as well. There's him, there's like there's so many teams in Glasgow anyway. Whereas Montrose, they've got a men's team. They've probably got the they probably play at the same stadium, I would imagine. Yeah, they still they use links. So like team, yeah. that I think that'll fare better. Um bye. I thought first half of the Hibs were Hibs were good, but Glasgow women definitely kept us at bay for for the majority. I was really pleasantly surprised actually because they they were solid. I've got to say, yeah. fair play to them for such a young team. They they really kept us 
um, well marshaled. You know, mm. so we go into half time and it, we've got the lead and we go, okay, you know, it's been a tighter game than maybe what we thought it would be. Yeah. Second half, um, and this is a big, big thing we talked about is we didn't really properly come out of second gear in the second half. No. But we still managed to um, score five goals in the second half, which it I wasn't. Think... It wasn't until Rachel came on that we were lo- we, like because it was still two 0 when she came on, and I'm like, oh man. We were saying to each other, I said to Callum and and that, like this is this could potentially be a huge banana skin if it stays two 0 because mm. it was used as the goal difference game, and obviously mm-hmm. it did help massively with their five goals in the second half. But it wasn't until Rachel came on that the game really changed. In our favour is probably not the right way to describe it because we were two 0 up, but it really did swing because Glasgow were crawling back into the game like they were having, they were getting further and further up the park. Yeah, I think that's the thing, you know, and we were saying that, 2-0, it takes one silly mistake and they get a goal back and then suddenly they're back in the game. Um, I think that's the thing. And we were talking about that where there was a few dodgy passes um, from Ellis and some other players where you were going, if that was against even like a Dundee United, that would have been punished. Um, It's just a case of Glasgow were beginning to get a bit leggy. Yeah. had we played a team like Dundee United or Aberdeen or Hamilton even, then that would have been punished. It's as simple as that. So I think that where we're beginning, it just sort of, I think it was a bit of complacency keeping in maybe. Rachel comes on, instantly changes the game. I mean... Was, when, on, the, was on the part 20 seconds. Was on the part 20 seconds <laughs> and scored. I mean, I think you look at that. I mean, again, she's had she's no longer had a um, burn for a C-section and 20 seconds into her first game back, bang. Great, uh, finish, great finish as well. Full credit to Rosie for the ball. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, Rosie was phenomenal. How she didn't get player of the match in that game is beyond me because Rosie, what Rosie didn't just score, she worked her arse off in that game as well. Ava played well, but Rose, how it never got given to Rosie was unbelievable. The thing for me, Rosie's work rate is, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of young players that come in and they struggle with the physicality maybe or they can get tired easily. Rosie, I think Rosie could run up and down that pitch all day. It's yeah. as simple as that. And she's strong as well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get bullied. She 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 knows how to handle herself out there, which is great to see. Because I think you see it. Look, for example, Josh O'Connor um, comes on at Easter Road against Aberdeen. And bear in mind, he's older and he got bullied um, by the Aberdeen players. Rosie doesn't, I mean, the, the one I, the example I use is when we played Rangers and Rosie gave Nicola Doherty a very good oh, one. Oh, Nicola's, Nicola's no uh, pushover either. Nicola's a big girl, you know, she's a very strong player. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rosie was right in there, you know, no bothering, stuck right in. Um, so I think it's it's very interesting to see how quickly Rosie's developing. It's great. I think she's on an even quicker track than Ailey, and that's saying something. Um, I, think, I think they're both they're both going the right way, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think both of them are going to play in top leagues. You can see them going down the Caroline Weir route, mm. definitely. Um, but obviously, yeah, Rachel, I mean, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, well taken goal as well. Um, so I, I think the other talking point, um, since she's your favourite player, Charlie, is we will talk about Leah Tweedy, because um, I really did want to bring this up. Obviously, Leah's struggled ever since she left Tibbs, had an OK spell at Hearts, comes back, gets loaned out to Queen's Park, gets recalled and you think, okay, she's just put there and have an extra body on the bench. But she's proven she's not just an extra body on the bench. I think she came on 
played really well. Um, she, I, th- I thought she, I thought she was really good. Um, she looked good when she came on. She looked, she looked really good. I'm, I'm good. I'm really glad to see that because obviously I've been watching Hibs women for quite a wee while now, and I seen Leah when she was in her prime. Um, and that's just talking about the, the, the sort of glory days of Hibs. And I seen Leah when she was playing up top with uh, Jamie Lee Napier, and she was a phenomenal player then. And you're beginning to see that again, which is great because it was so easy that after that sort of not so good spell at Hearts and getting chucked out on loan to Queen's Park, you could go, okay, well, that's her career maybe over now. Yeah. But she's come back and she's been phenomenal. Um, I thought she looked good when she came on, got a very well-deserved goal. And I'm going to say it now, East Fife, there's an opportunity to start her. I think you start up all, up top against East Fife. It's a huge game for her, um, for confidence, get a few more goals under her belt, and I think she'll be flying again. I would, I would say so. I think uh, Sunday is the perfect opportunity to give players like Leah, players like... Danny and goal again, maybe Rachel, maybe Rachel, Rachel for a start, yeah, start or at least a half. Um, you know, it's it's tight. It's a great opportunity to get these, these, you know, the players that are looking to get game time, game time. And I think you know we need to start a strong squad, you know, because we want to go through. But I would, I would be okay with players like Poppy and that starting as well. You know, players that. You know, like I said, need the game time, give them the game time because no disrespect to East Fife, mate, but we should absolutely hammer them because they're I mean, in the bottom of the SWL too. You know, I mean, they're the league below us, they're bottom of the league below us. There should be no bother for us, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I think the one, the one last thing um, on Hibs Women um, before we wrap up this segment, I've got to say, you know, we've had a brilliant spot at the defeat to Spartans aside in the league, we've had a great start to this half of the season. Yeah. Um, really, I I think we're we're looking really good. You can tell we've really gelled as a squad. Katie and Brooke have come in and just absolutely hit the ground running. Katie, especially, I mean, another really good goal for her. Aye, Katie's Katie's on three three goals now. Yep, she's she's doing well. Katie's Katie's for me. Katie has been signing of the season. I I'm, she's up there for sure. And once what what sort of um, other team should be very scared of is once Crystal can start playing again. Oh no! I mean, we've got, we're we're spoiled for choice. With and tackle. and with the news that came out today that Mickey signed an extension till twenty twenty five, like we've got such a such a big squad. Exactly. I think if we can keep the keep the core of the squad in the summer, because obviously there will be players that move on. Yeah. That's the way of it. If we can keep that core of the squad, mate, there's no reason why we can't push for higher next season. You know, I think I think we'll get fourth. I think we'll get fourth, but there's no reason why we can't push for third next season. No, absolutely. I think it's a huge win. And obviously, our trip to Broadwood on Thursday to play Rangers, and then our Scottish Cup campaign continues against East Fife. So, as I was saying, a brilliant win for Hibs women. Um, a very positive start to this half of the campaign. And we continue tough game away to Rangers um, at Broadwood. On Thursday, um, and then we continue our Scottish Cup campaign against East Fife. And as always, we're very privileged to support the women and, and uh, follow them up and down the country. And it's it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, like I said, just over the moon for Rosie. Absolutely over the moon. And a wee so reminder guy, for, uh, just quickly, a wee reminder for the um, people listening, there is a bus going to the Rangers game on Thursday. Um, priced at £10 for adults and 5 for concessions. Um 
I think there's a few of us going on the bus um, that follow House Women, and if this is um, something you'd be interested in, just get uh, in touch with the club or us, and we can point you in direction. It's on. Um, you can buy the tickets on Fanbase, right, Jack? Yeah, you can. So you can buy so, it. So yeah, um, get in contact. You can get in contact with Chris Gaunt as well, who runs it all that side of things at the club. You can drop Chris a message on Twitter or Instagram as well, and uh, Chris will be able to point you out the right direction. But I'd urge you guys. It's brilliant that the club's doing this. It's a facility again. I've been following Hibs Women for years now. We never used to be able to get to many away games because the facility of that was not there. And most teams played at training grounds or at high schools even back in the day. So, you know, it's getting played in an SPFL stadium. So if you can get on the bus um, and you fancy a little bit of Thursday night football under the lights at Broadwood, do get yourself along um, and cheer the girls on because um, it's a huge game um, and we're more than capable of getting something out of it as well. Aye, well, I think, Jack, that's, that's us done unless you've got anything else planned, eh? So, I think, if you guys all remember from last season, we had a little Hibs quiz and I thought, you know what? Since the podcast back, since we're um, re- managed to record weekly, since we've all managed not to be uh, lazy so-and-sos and record weekly, um, I thought I'd resurrect the Hibs quiz. So, we're going to Test Charlie's Hibs knowledge. Um, so, you guys, if you don't remember from last season how it works, three questions on the men, three questions on the women, six in total. Some are multiple choice, some are just give me the answer. And it can be on a wide range of topics. So, we'll just jump right into it. First of all, Charlie, John Burridge holds the record for being the oldest Hibs first team player um, ever. How old was he when he set the record? It's not multiple choice, it's just a guess. Oh, wow. He had a long career, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And he's 70-odd now. He played in 91. I'm going to say he was 42-ish. You were, you were so close. He was 41. <laughs> against Partick Thistle when he set the record. He's 41. Um, when he set the record against Partick Thistle in 1993. Um, so, next question on the men. So, you're, you're currently off to a bad start. This one's multiple choice. Uh, I think this is one of our memory tests for you. So who did Hibs beat first in our run to the 2007 League Cup? Was it A, Elgin City, B, Peterhead, or C, Falkirk? Uh, I can't remember. All I remember is the later stages. Uh, Gotta go down the middle and go Peterhead. You are so lucky with that guess, it's correct. <laughs> Come on. Beat Peter Head 4-0 in front of just over 7,500 fans at Easter Road in the second round. Um, of course, we went on to win the League Cup that year. Um, John Collins leading us on to a 5-1 win against Kermit, the only 5-1 Cup final that ever matters um, against Kermanic. So, yeah, That's I true. didn't know that either, Peter Head. Of course, I was only, yeah, I would have only been three at the time, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, like you said, it's always the later rounds that you remember. Especially like I remember the, heart, the Hearts one and the Sir Johnson one in the final, but I couldn't have told you who we played before Hearts. Yeah, I didn't, really did not know it was Peter Heade either. I know we'd beaten a lower league team quite or by a lot, but yeah. I couldn't have told you it was Peter Heade. And uh, just over 7,500 at Easter Road, like I said, those were the days when games like that really, you really were toiling for a crowd at oh, games yeah. like that. Um, so, last question on the men. So, you've got uh, one so far, one point. What what North African nation could current Hibs youth star Malik Zaid represent in international football? Is it A, Tunisia, B, Egypt, or C, Libya? 
you know, I didn't think it was any of them, to be honest. Uh, Libya? You're correct, again. I thought so it was, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was somewhere else. But so I'm not... Could represent Libya. Um, so his current uh, FIFA nationality is actually listed as Libya as well. Um, so he could represent Libya. I'm Alex Ed, um, a phenomenal player. I've got to add on. I well. just, just signed a new deal as well, which is good. Yeah. Lad looks like a fantastic player. So you've got two out of three heading into the women's questions. So I thought I'd give you a nice easy one. Um, oh, thank if you. you. If you don't get this, then <laughs> I'll be very annoyed with you considering. Um, so your first question of the women's segment is what WSL club is Lucy Parry currently on loan from? Liverpool. Correct. So yeah, Lucy's currently on loan from Liverpool who won the championship last season so came up with the title currently playing in the WSL. So, question number five. So you're, you're currently doing a bit better. You're currently um, sitting Aye. on a decent amount of points here. Doing four, good. Four out of five. Four out of five. So, number five. Rosie Livingston made her first team debut in 2021 at just 15 years old. On the last day of the season, what team were Hibs playing? Was it A, Fofa Farmington, B, Hamilton Ackies, or C, Partick Thistle? Uh, were, were you at the game? I most certainly was. It was actually my first ever football game since COVID to throw in another fun I, I remember you talking about being at the game, but I was it Partick Thistle? Is that your final answer? I'm going to go Partick. It's probably wrong, but I think it is that. You are wrong. It I... was for Farmington. Was that their last game before they folded? Yes. Aye. It was. So, um, Partick wasn't even... Partick was still in the SWPL. Oh, so they, were, um, so they were. So they were. So, yeah, Partick was still, Partick was still in the SWPL. Too. They took Farfar's slot um, in the league. That's, why I actually that's, that's right. That's right. So... Rosie came on quite late in the game and actually scored as well. Scored the seventh goal, beat them 7 0. And oh. Rosie scored the seventh goal. Hibs women like, like a 7 0, evidently. We do, we do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Rosie, Rosie's first game, 15, and uh, she scored in that game as well. So, the last question you're currently sitting on, no, it's not too badly. So, you're currently on, sitting on um, four. Three, 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 four. Four, is it? My math is terrible. No, three, 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 three. Calvin, edit that out. Anyway, yeah. um, we don't want to look like idiots here. So, this this one's a difficult one, I will say. Um, Hibs women have had a few homes over the years. Which West Lothian-based East of Scotland League club did we ground share with for a period of time? Is it A, Livingston United, B, Linlithgow Rose, or C, Broxburn Athletic? Broxburn. You are correct. It was Broxburn Athletic. We shared Albion Park for a good wee while. And of course, those were in the days. Uh, Claire Emsley and Caroline Weir played for Ibs. I don't know what happened to the two of them after that. But, Aye, um, Car- Caroline Weir never amounted to anything in her career, did she? Plays for some team in Spain called Real Madrid. Apparently, uh, scored, a, them apparently scored a hat-trick at the weekend as well. Another one. And Claire Emsley plays for a team uh, owned by a lassie that was in Star Wars. So uh, there, there you, you go. go. That, yeah, I know. Play, 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 play for Hibs women and you didn't amount to anything in your life. Go and, imagine that. You're going from Broxburn to uh, playing for <laughs> the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I know. Boy. From Albion to the Bernabeu. But yeah, well, so she had Albion back with Broxburn Athletic um, for a period of time. She'd done no bad there, Charlie. Four out of six. 
Respectable, I'll problem. take it for the first one back. That's respectable, given that I thought I was going to trip you up with a Broxburn Athletic winner because... Um, no, I, I, I the only know. reason I remember is because you mentioned it either on Sunday or last week. Yeah, we used to share Albin Park. So we've had, we've had quite a few homes. We've had quite a few. That may be, that may be another question one day. So, guys, um, thank you so much um, for tuning in, as always. Uh, so we'll be back very soon to review all of the action. We'll be talking about Hibs Women's uh, game against Rangers and, of course, that cup game against East Five as well. So it'll be a bit of a Hibs Women doubleheader. Yeah, we, uh, uh, yeah, we review to oh, the, yeah. the Dortmund game tomorrow as well. Uh, good so luck. Could be. Good luck to the young team. Got to say, good, good luck to good luck to the lads. And um, I think you've actually reminded me of that there. Um, so yeah, what I've got to say of that is uh, it's a one-off game, free hit. Uh, go out there, give it your all, lads, and uh, you know who knows what could happen. I think regardless of the result, we've got to be very proud of them for getting to that stage. Absolutely. I think we thought when we beat Molda, we went a step too far. So um, I think. We've come, we overcame a very good nonce side. So I think there's no reason why not. There's no reason why we can't. Looks like um, it'll be a, looks like it'll be a big attendance as well. Nearly six thousand tickets are away. So, but and yeah, I, exactly. that's that's more than what Ross County get and teams like you know Kelly and teams like that on a weekly basis. So there's every chance that the wee the wee lads can go and do it tomorrow. Um, and yeah, a big home crowd we'll 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 be there. Like... We'll be there. So. Hopefully the the big crowd gets some gets them going and they go and win because that would be that would be quality. Imagine playing a team like flipping Barcelona or something at Easter Road again in the next round. Be I don't I don't know who's like... I don't know who we can play if we get through like but you know a team like that would be unbelievable. Even if, if we beat Dortmund, yeah. that would be so good. But yeah, exactly. I think that's a um, absolutely huge game for the lads and all of us are behind you. So good luck to Steve Keen and the boys. Um, and guys, if you've not got a ticket yet, why not? If you can, get yourself down um, and back the back the youth. You know, whilst Hearts, Rangers, and Celtic have made some silly decisions to play in the Lowland League um, against the likes of Trinent Juniors and Civil Service Strollers, we'll be playing Dortmund. So uh, I think it's a it's a big game. It, it, it's a big game for youth football in Scotland in general Massive. as well to prove that the reserves, the reserve league, and the reserve cup are still things that are worth. The time with the B teams going to the Lowland League, which is something I'm very against. Um, it's a it's a subject I'm very passionate about. So um, yeah, guys. But apart from that, thank you so much for watching. We will be back to review all of the action a from lot, the Hibs. And as always, a lot guys, of games, a lot of games. Exactly. As always, guys, I'm on the cabbage. Hi, this is Javon Hunter. Hi, this is Chris Gaunt. Hi, this is Cliff Pike from Hibs TV. Hi, this is Tom McManus. And you're listening. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. The Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Listening to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. To Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. Go on, the lads. What a moment this is! It's Liam Henderson to deliver. Strong opinion. I love the strong opinion.